Gomez. What's up? Okay. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna just gonna situate a little bit. I need a little bit of space. All right. Hopefully that doesn't fall. Okay, well, my name is Jesse. How's everybody doing? Hi, we're fabulous. It's Tuesday. Um, the end of the semester is near. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You get it, sister. You're feeling it right there. Um, I'm so excited for this moment. I just want to take one moment and just, just breathe this in because this um, is an incredible moment in my life. Uh, I stepped onto North Central's campus about two years ago. I transferred from Evangel University my junior year, somewhere around there. Um, and the moment I found out there was a senior speaker, I was like, that's going to be me. I'm going to do it with like a lot of confidence. And then I got in my homiletics class and saw how many incredible speakers we have here. And I was like, just kidding. That'll just be a dream. But um, I'm here today and this is an incredible opportunity. And I uh, would not be here if I didn't thank people. I believe that you need to give honor where honor is due. And so first, my family's here today. So I just want to thank my family for being here. I'm really excited about that. As well... I would not be here in this spot, nor on this campus, if I didn't have two incredible professors step in and, and drag me along the way sometimes. So Adam Sikorsky is not here, but he's here in spirit and in truth. And Lon Flippo, um, these, these two men have spoken into my life and believed in me, cheered me on, graded me hard to make me a better person. In the moment, it didn't feel like it, but you know. Um, and... I have cried in their offices. I've been frustrated. I've had some of the greatest moments um, with these two. So I just want to give it up for those two right now because they, uh, they're, they're incredible. They are so incredible. Um, so as Lon said, uh, I am the youth director uh, at Egan Crossroads. And uh, I've been in this position for about three months, and it's been the wildest ride of my life, and I love it. Um, I'm super passionate about teenagers. I... I just feel that they'll keep me young forever, even though I'm young right now. But I just, I love, I love teenagers. And, um, and I just am so passionate about them experiencing Jesus and getting to preach and speak into their lives is just so incredible. Um, another thing you need to know about me, I'm kind of a wild woman. I am really crazy. I'm really loud. Uh, I love to laugh. I love to make other people laugh because it just fills my soul when I hear the laughs just hit me in the face. It's the best. Um, and one thing else I need you guys to know about me, my father can attest to this. I am an awful driver. Um, anybody else just an awful driver here? Raise those hands proud. Yep, yep. Um, who here would say you're a good driver? All the prideful people, whoop, whoop, just kidding. Um, but for real, okay, this is, I'm just gonna break it down really quick. I have been driving for about eight years. I'm 23 right now. I got my license at 16, the average age that the law says you can uh, drive a big metal vehicle fast. So that's, uh, I got my license about eight, eight years ago. Um, since the moment I got my license, I have owned five cars. Five cars, people. Okay, so um, I've been in three ditches. One was my friend's car that I drove into the ditch. But a couple months prior, she put my car in the ditch. So, you know, that's friendship at its finest, people. Um, so I've also been in, uh, I've, I've hit, three medians, 
uh, two signs, uh, been in a couple front yards, and uh, broken, broken down in Bloomington, Minneapolis, Des Moines, that was a fun one, uh, Farmington, my hometown, uh, I've pretty much uh, my car has broken down everywhere. Um, and sometimes that's my fault. The, the first reason that it was my fault was my first car I had for two years. I loved her. Her name was Gertrude. She's just the sweetest. Um, but I didn't know what an oil change was. <laughs> um, and I was driving to Minneapolis and I was like, I literally like went into the grass and my car overheated. And I'm like, well, that's not good. I called my dad and he's like, when was your last oil change? And I said, what is an oil change? <laughs> and uh, so that car was dead. Um, but as bad of a driver as I am, I love road trips. Who loves a good road trip? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, okay, I love them. Like, I roll my windows down and sing my heart out, lose my voice, you know, just go all in. And I love, I love road trips. Um, like I said, I went to, I was in Springfield, Missouri for my first two, two years of college. So that's about an eight hour road trip. I just took a personality test and I am 94% extroverted. So road trips are great, but eight hours by myself is awful. Eventually I'm like having conversations with myself. I'm like, hey Jess, that's a cool cornfield because I was driving through Iowa. But you guys know, um, you know when you're driving and you have that moment where you're, you just kind of like, you don't fall asleep, but you kind of like doze off and you just like, you hit that beautiful button called cruise control. You hit that thing and you're just cruising all the way down through the cornfields. Uh, so yeah, so I did that a lot. Um, my first car actually that I drove to Springfield didn't have cruise control. So that's eight hours of like really flexing uh, my leg muscles, um, and getting cankles. Those are the worst. <laughs> uh, too much information. So, um, so you know, when you're driving and you go to a place that you like frequent often, like school or church or work or, uh, Chipotle or Raising Cane's, shout out to Raising Cane's. Yeah, I'm their biggest fan. I promise. I'm not getting paid for this one day, maybe. Um, so, you know, when you're driving and you just kind of, you, you get to where you're going and you sit in your car for a second and you think, how did I get here? Like, you don't remember how you get to where you're going. Um, well, cruise control is awesome, but in our life, cruise control can be a really dangerous thing. And I am going very basic with this message because I believe it's something that I need to hear as well as you guys need to hear. But life, life's a journey. It's not about getting to the destination. And the destination is just the start of your next journey. And I'm 23 years old. I wouldn't say I'm super wise. I, I have had life experiences, but I do know that in my 23 years of life, I've learned that getting to your destination does not mean that you've arrived. Your destination is just the start of your next journey. And um, that's really what I want to encourage you guys with today, that don't get so focused on where you're going, because we're all here in our central. We're all trying to get that paper and get on with our lives, and, but you're going to miss out some, on some of the greatest life, life experiences and challenges if you hit cruise control and wait four years till you get there. So to really drive this point home, 
I'm going to tell you guys a, a little story. This story comes from the Bible, as all good preachers should um, preach from the Bible. So this story is picking up in Luke 10. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to give you the Jesse Golnick version. This is not a real translation, but in this moment, it is. So my the- theology professors and theologians, I will try to keep this as biblically correct as possible. Okay, so we're going to pick up with uh, Jesus. Jesus and some dudes. So this dude gets up in Jesus's face and he's like, all right, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus is like, this dude, you all know that dude that's in class that asks the same questions or the professor says something and they, they're like, but what about this? And everyone goes, oh. so this dude asks that and Jesus is like, well, what does the law say? And the kid's like, Well, from my calculations, um, love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, rhythm, beat, rhymes, all of that. Just love God with all of it, but love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like, yes, so do it. And then the kid's like, riddle me this, Jesus. Who's my neighbor? And then Jesus is like, this kid again. So he's like, well, okay, since you don't take direct answers... I'll give you a story. Okay. So he breaks it down and he's like, all right, all right, homeboys, let me tell you, we got three dudes and I'm going to tell you all about them. So one guy, Levi, the Levite, is walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, just on his way. And a couple thugs, some street youths come up to him and uh, bust this kid up, like beat him up. And not only that, They take his clothes, like this dude's naked, busted up on the side of the road, left for dead, and these street youths get away with it. And so then we have three dudes. Everyone say, three dudes. Beautiful, beautiful. So the first guy is a priest. Now he's a Jewish Levite priest. So let me just wrap that all up. Levi, the Levites, busted up naked on the side of the road. Uh, Pastor, priest, Levite, Jew, is walking down the street from Jericho coming to Jerusalem. So this is important to know. Okay, I learned this on my trip to Israel. Little shameless plug. I learned some very valuable things. He was going from Jericho to Jerusalem. Priests, priests would travel from Jerusalem to Jericho to go do their business because uh, Jericho was messed up. Messed up. So they would go there and spread the love of the Lord and do their sacrifices of the animals and all of that. So he's coming back and he sees this dude busted up naked on the side of the road. And he's so uncomfortable with the condition of this man that he moves to the other side of the road and keeps walking. Now we have another guy. We'll call him George the Levite. Now George the Levite is also walking on this road. So he's a brother from another mother to this Levi the Levite on the side of the road. And he sees this guy busted up, naked. And he's so uncomfortable by the condition of this man that he moves to the other side of the road and he keeps on walking. Now, luckily, we have another guy. We'll call him Sammy the Samaritan. And so Sammy the Samaritan is a good man. So he's walking down this road. He sees this man busted up naked on the side of the road. And uh, a little, a little uh, 
knowledge nugget for you guys. Levites thought they were the stuff, and they thought that the Samaritans were not. They were, like, they viewed Samaritans underneath tax collectors. Boo, nobody likes the IRS. Just kidding if you're listening. Uh, (laughs) But they were corrupt people, and the Samaritans were even, they viewed them below that. I saw this little chart that, this little circle chart that explained all this. It was great. Google's a good place. So he sees this man, knowing he's a Levite, knowing that Sammy the Samaritan knows that this man views him as the lowest of the low. But he's so uncomfortable by the condition of this man that he's moved to do something and not moved to move to the other side of the road. Now, the reality is this. This walk from Jericho to Jerusalem is an uncomfortable walk. Um, I went to Israel this summer, and it was awesome. And uh, I have a picture of this, and it's uh, really awesome. So you can see the picture of uh, Jericho to Jerusalem. We got to, like, stand up um, and sweat outside a lot. We sweated a lot. Uh, It's a lot of information, but it's okay. So, um, and if we don't, it's okay. It's, like, on the back. It's this, this background. Oh, there we go. Okay, so this is just part just a little part of the walk from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now those little black spots, those are like shrubberies, big old shrubbery that survive in the desert. They are uh, relentless. But uh, so, th- so you're seeing this road. This Samaritan is traveling on this road, probably with, a, with an animal, because in the story it tells us about the little donkey. Um, he sees this man, and he's moved with compassion and, and responsibility for his, this man, that he's okay to get a little bit uncomfortable, that he's okay to walk through this desert, get dust all up in his nose, in his mouth, on his body, um, walking in sandals, walking through awful conditions, but he's okay with that because he sees what needs to be done. He leans into the mess. And, and what's, what's really cool is in the story it says that he picks up this man and puts him on the donkey and then travels that. He knows the sacrifice in that moment that he has to make. So how many times do we get focused on where we're going, what our responsibilities are, what our callings are, that we miss out on an opportunity to love someone and maybe love someone that doesn't love us back? Um, I'm going to break down these people a little bit. The priest, he just did awesome things. He was living out his calling. He was doing, doing the good work of the Lord. But he missed out an opportunity to love on someone because he felt that his calling, his moment, his getting home, his, his, his um, comfort was more important than helping this man on the side of the road. This Levite, this brother, saw this man and didn't do anything about it. How many times do we get excited about reaching the world, but we don't help the brothers around us? We don't help the sisters around us? We don't want to lean into the mess. We don't want to get dirty. We don't want to clean up wounds. We don't want to have to pay for somebody to to be healed or whatever. How many times do we get so focused on, you know, doing missions and and all of those things are very important. And I'm not I'm not I'm not diminishing them because I have a calling and I know what I'm called to do, but I'm also called to love my brother and love my neighbors and love my sisters. So how many times do we get so excited about where we're going? that we forget about the people that we're leaving on the way there. How many times? Um, I have another little quotable nugget for you guys. I just have to find it, find it on here. The journey will teach you more than the destination holds. 
Now, you guys are here to get an education. I'm here, and I I'm, I'm got finishing up my education. A degree is important. A paper is important. Those things are very, very important. But if all you're here to do, and I'm, uh, I'm preaching to myself right now, if all you're here to do is to get a degree, you're missing out on why you're here. Because this place holds mentors and friends and people that believe in you, that are going to fight for you when you don't want to fight. There are so many times that I was crying in Adam and Lon's office that they had to fight for me and they had to pick me up and theoretically put me on their donkey and pull me along the way. How many times, how many times do we just get so focused on being the pastor that we want to be one day that we're missing out on how God is equipping us in this moment? Because your destination is, is, is not more important than how you get there because how you get there will determine what your destination looks like. So you need to, you need to think about that little nugget there, friends. <laughs> now, for some of us, uh, you are here because good old Sammy the Samaritan reached out for you. You are in a relationship with Jesus Christ because somebody saw you in the condition that you were in and were uncomfortable with it. I am a product of that. I had an awesome woman named Jackie Kruger, and she was incredible, lived down the street from me, got us plugged into church, and she was uncomfortable by the condition of my heart about where I was going in eternity that she stepped in and did something, and they drove us to church like so much when we were younger and if you're I was wild I'm wild now I was crazy when I was like a young young buck um so she leaned into the mess and some of you are here because somebody sacrificed something for you and if you feel like, oh, I've grown up in church, I was born on the front pew, I, I've known Jesus since the womb, great. But guess what? Jesus saw you in the condition that you were in, and he was uncomfortable with the condition that you were in. So he decided to die a death that was very, very uncomfortable, very, very, um, very hard. And he did that for you. So don't say that you've never had a Samaritan in your life because you have the greatest Samaritan around. You have Jesus that sacrificed it all, it all for you. So now let's think about this. Are you uncomfortable with the situations and the people around you? Are you uncomfortable? Now, all three men were uncomfortable, but it's what they did with that discomfort that spoke louder. Thank God that Samaritan came around because those Levites, those great men of God, dropped the ball. And how many times do we drop the ball because we're so excited about where we're going? How many times? And guess what? You're not always going to have a Samaritan fall behind you. You're not always going to have good old Sammy to pick up the pieces. You better pray for that, but you also better not lose out on the opportunities that God is giving you because God's giving you opportunities every single day. There are people that are struggling in this campus. There are people that are struggling in our city that we're walking by because we're on our way to church or we're late for work or how many times do we think about what we want but not how we're going to get there. And... Um, what are you going to do with that discomfort? Are you going to let it fester inside of you and shimmy over to the other side of the road because this dude's busted up and naked on the side of the road? Are you going to be just so provoked by, by what God's telling you that you're going to do something about it? Because I can promise you you're going to get a degree here, and I believe that people can do it because I'm not a great student, and I've 
I'm, I'm here and it's awesome. And I'm tasting that sweet freedom of like two weeks away and I'm so pumped. But guess what? For the next week and a half, I'm still here. And I need to be here. And for those of you that are graduating in December with me, praise the Lord. But guess what? You're not done yet. You're not done just because you can see the finish line. It's not like Sammy the Samaritan saw the inn where he brought this dude and was like, well, you can make it from here. No, he brought him all the way and he finished out what he was supposed to do. If you're graduating um, this coming uh, spring, keep working at it. Believe me, it's difficult, but you got to push past it. When that Samaritan was walking that man, at no point he was probably like, oh, I love this. I didn't get to ride my donkey. I have to walk this, this bloody man to this way. But he knew the responsibility that he had. So be aware of your responsibility. Be aware of what you need to do because nobody's going to do it for you. And, and like I said, you're not always going to have a Samaritan fall behind you and do what, do what you're supposed to do for your brothers and your sisters and your friends and the people that hate you. So I really, um, I just really feel compelled uh, to, to share this message with you guys today because this is something, um, I got to preach my senior year of high school in fine arts. Shout out to fine arts. Yep, some of you know what that is. Word up. Um, and this was a message that I needed to hear my senior year of high school. And this is a message I need to tell myself every single day because I'm not more important than the people around me. My calling's not more important than your calling. My journey is not more important than your journey. We're doing this together. And if that's what you guys needed to hear today, please, please do not just leave it here. I know so many times you can come to chapel and you can hear a message and, you know, somebody's up here and they're funny or they're dynamic or whatever it is. And you're like, yeah, that was good. And you might send a little tweet. You might be like, oh, and your friends in the foyer. Oh, that was good. Um, but what are you going to do six hours from now? What are you going to do two weeks from now? What are you going to do if you're a freshman? you got a long road ahead of you and your journey has just started. But guess what? How you start your journey and go through your journey is so much more important than your destination. And if I, could, if I could drive home anything to you guys, know that your destination is not more important than your journey. And how you do this is so, so vital. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And I pray that what I pray would just be impressed on your hearts, but also in your actions. I am so much for, uh, I'm, a, I'm a person that's like, okay, what do I need to do next? How do I get there? So this is what you need to do. Understand every step that you take, every, every mile you walk is important. And how you do it and how you conduct yourself, how you hold yourself, how confident you are, that is important. Walk boldly in the calling that God has given you, but your calling's not more important than how you're learning how to get there because you could arrive at your destination and have no idea how to do what God's calling you to do. Every moment, every chapel service, every Sunday that you're serving, every conversation you're having with your sweet mates, those are important and vital, vital things. So Father God, I thank you, Lord, firstly, because you loved us, because you saw the condition of us and you were uncomfortable by it. You were so uncomfortable by it that you had to do something about it. You had to send your son to die on a cross and, and, and raise again. 
And Lord, we are reaping the benefit of that, but we need to leave behind all the things that we are putting in front of us, all the roadblocks, all the excuses, all the reasons that we walk to the other side of the road rather than lean into the mess, Lord. Give us hearts that lean into the mess. Give us hearts that, that want to reach people, that don't want to drop the ball, that want to be the Samaritans to the people of the world and to the people of this campus. God, to this community of Minneapolis, let us have hearts that break for this place, that don't just look to where we're going, but look how we're getting there. And Father God, as we walk out of this place, let our hearts be changed. Let our hearts be ready for what you want to do. Lord, because we are your vessels, we are your empty vessels. Fill us up with whatever you want to do. And Lord, as you say, God, in, in your word, you can do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, it's not by our own strength, but it's by what you do. So in this moment, God, do more than we can expect. Do something incredible on this campus. Let us be thoughtful and mindful and, and let us be sensitive and not numb to what you're doing, but let us see your footsteps. Let us walk in the way that you walked, in the way that your, your bold men and women in the Bible walked. Let us be like that, God. Lord, we love you. And we pray, God, that we would not be the same and that we would understand, God, that our journey is so much more important than getting there, God. We love you. Lord, we love you so, so much. But God, above all else, let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done in this campus. Let your will be done in our hearts. Let your will be done in this city, in this country, in this nation, in this world, God. Let your will be done. No matter what we have planned, God, let your will be done. Lord, we love you. God, and we, we, we just praise you for this opportunity to come together and be challenged and, and spurred on. So we love you and pray these things in your name, God. Amen. All right, that's all I got. Y'all have a great day.